Hello and welcome back to the Figcast Extra episode 14 and usually right now I'd say as usual I'm joined by Sporting Panda but he's off sick today. I think it's something to do with uh, bamboo or some other panda related sickness but uh, in all seriousness I hope we all wish him well and hope he gets better soon. Um, I am joined by his substitute for today FBI Trader who was on episode uh, 132 of the uh, OG Figcast only a couple of weeks ago. Hey Fig, how's it going? Nice to be a uh, last minute substitute. Know how some of those players feel now. <laughs> is it is it that nice a feeling to be a last minute substitute? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I can come on and get the game winning goal and get myself some extra points. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fair play. You're a very apt substitute. I mean, I said, I said to Panda, who can I find with enough wit, with enough of an intellect, with enough uh, passion for the product? And I think you've you've come up trumps, maybe uh, lacking slightly in the football knowledge department, but nonetheless, your content on Football Index has been uh, outstanding so far, and you've been a breath of fresh air to the community. Yeah, cheers. Appreciate that. And uh, best wishes to Panda. I hope he's feeling better soon. Uh, I'll try and speak a little bit slower on this one. I know there was a few comments on that last time, so I haven't had quite as much coffee today, so you should be all right. <laughs> I think you had a few people who aren't native English speakers complaining, actually, about not only the speed of your speech, but your accent as well. <laughs> yeah, my accent's well-travelled. <laughs> but where where is it from, if you don't mind me asking? It's a bit, uh, it sounds uh, like it's slightly all over the shop. It's a little bit Scotland, it's a little bit uh, London, it's a little bit Bahamas, uh, it's a <laughs> little bit Bali, it's all over the place. Fair enough. What have you been up to in the last week or so? So the last week I've been generally looking at. Um, I've had all my media plays, obviously, in 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 uh, you know live for a long time, and I just wanted to freshen it up a bit and look at some of the PB stuff. So I looked at um, an investment strategy called price earnings growth, um, which is basically a way of calculating a kind of valuation method, usually in the stock market. But I wanted to try it on football index. Uh, so I'd started that with the Bundesliga, put out a blog post on it yesterday. And uh, yeah, I've just been delving deeply into the data. Awesome. I mean, do you want to go into the PEG stuff a bit more? I've seen it all over the TL. And I don't know if you want to give like a very high level description of what exactly it is and how it works. Yeah, so it's um, it basically it's a valuation method to look at the potential of uh, a company's earnings. So you would look at the basically the P.E. ratio, which is the stock price divided by the earnings per share. And then once you've got the P.E. ratio, you would look at the peg ratio, which is basically um, the current price divided by the earnings per share. So it gives you an idea of, in football index terms, uh, takes into account the capital appreciation and also dividend returns and combines the two. So you're not just looking at kind of P.B. scores and dividends, you're looking at kind of and, and price uh, rises, you look at all of that combined. So it's very much an experiment, but it's been working well for me for media and hopefully it'll work well for PB as well when uh, football starts, which is soon. <laughs> it is soon as well. I mean, we, we could talk a little bit about that football index market since the, the last Fitcast Extra, which was a, a great PB matrix debate with ASP, Lua Lua, PB Man and uh, Panda himself. That was a five-person panel, the biggest that we've had on the Fitcast, and it's gone down amazingly well, you know, thousands and thousands of downloads. So I'm, I'm glad so many people enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, you sounded like you wanted to jump in there. Well, I was just to say that that was an excellent, uh, that was an excellent podcast and also um, the guy's knowledge and the amount of work that was put into that blog post was exceptional. 
uh, not just from a statistical point of view, which kind of got me a bit excited, but also taught me a lot about football, some of the videos, how that could relate to to scoring and uh, not scoring and some of the maybe the downfalls of the matrix and how it could be improved. So I mm. think it was really good. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was really, really good. I'd recommend anyone to, to listen to it, even if you were a staunch advocator of keeping the matrix how it is. I think as a thought experiment, the stuff that the guys did was fascinating. So definitely check it out. But um, yeah, Bundesliga starting on the 16th of May, a day after my birthday. It's it's almost meant to be, isn't it, FBI? That's excellent. You can you can have a few drinks and not worry too much about the football until the next day and then try and watch it with a bit of a hangover, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to be your Bundesliga team of choice? Uh, I think my Bundesliga team of choice, that's a tricky one, but I don't want to give too much away. Well, actually, I do, but... Um, I've just been looking at some of the fixture stuff that uh, was it Moz FI put out, uh, looking at some of the kind of fixtures of some of the players in the teams that I hold. So I'm probably quite excited about um, Schalke, <laughs> TSG, and who's the other team? I can't remember off the top of my head. It will come back to me. But um, I, I'm just excited that there's some football coming back and that some of my players are going to be playing. Mm, it's going to be great. And how, how do you think? Did you do you think the markets reacted to how you anticipated it to, with the the news becoming official now? Yeah, I believe so. Um, what I kind of saw during the deposit bonus period was a lot of buying, and I think the rumours about Bundesliga and Germany were starting to filter through towards the end of that period. So you'd start to see quite a few buys going into some of the German players, big price rises. And then maybe some of the Italian players as well, because there was rumours of that returning. Uh, it kind of died down a little bit. The market was a little bit static, even maybe had a bit of a dip after the deposit bonus, which was only to be expected. But I think uh, yesterday's news has seen that pick back up again and uh, yeah, normal service has been resumed. So it's good to see. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of um, debate whether or not there's just overly cautious approach to the market or there's a lack of money. Do you think it's probably the former uh i think it's perhaps a bit of both i suspect that if people were wanting to take advantage of that deposit bonus as much as possible they may well have overstretched themselves um obviously they're not really able to free up funds uh, as quickly as they could if instant sell was on so there's maybe people that have been waiting for market sales to be matched on players if they're trying to move out of one category into another maybe buy some media players, maybe wanting to buy some German players and, and free up funds from elsewhere and being unable to do so. Um, but yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of trepidation, I guess, but I'm sure once football starts up again and people start to see PB scores coming in and and some of their players that they hold getting returns, they may well start to put a bit more money in and start investing it again. Do you think people are scared of a potential relapse in Germany? Is that one of the reasons for caution, perhaps? Um, I'm not sure. I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about COVID and maybe there being a second wave. But um, I must admit, I've only really been looking at the numbers in terms of the various regions to see who's getting on top of it. And Germany have obviously done a, a great job on that. Um, Italy have also kind of got the situation a little bit under control. Um, I think if there's going to be a relapse, what you might see is uh, maybe some players being out for a few weeks so there's maybe a little bit of a concern there that you know somebody's player contracts coronavirus somehow and um you know maybe other players in the team might be infected so it could it could be a slight worry um personally i'm not too worried about it i think if you have a a good diverse portfolio even if a few of your players maybe 
struggle or uh, there is a second wave and fixtures get uh, abandoned, you know, football is going to come back again. But, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic as possible. I'd like to think that um, that this is going to be able to be seen through to the season end. Yeah, I think it's um, it's one of those things that uh, I, what was the the um, German FA president or whatever they're called? Is it the, the DFL or BFL? I forgot. But he yeah, basically DFL. said that um, DFL. That's it, right? A third of Bundesliga two contracts are up in June, which is you know that's that's a lot of people unemployed. Uh, you know, player wise alone, let alone if uh, looking at all the other staff that be impacted by that. One of the other things that I've been thinking a lot about um, in the uh, kind of footballing world in general is how. The UK or th- these big five leagues, it's kind of important for all of football for them to go on because of the transfer implications. You know, if you look at the Belgian league, the Austrian league, the Swiss league, a lot of these teams that basically make a lot of their profit by selling to these bigger leagues are going to be massively impacted, aren't they? You know, you know, if you can't, if you're a Belgian team and you can't sell into the French league, or if you're a uh, African feeder club and you can't sell into Portugal or uh, France, it's a, it's a big issue, isn't it, for the whole of football? Yeah, and I think uh, there's a tendency for people to focus on the big teams and how they're going to be impacted, but this is going to funnel down into a lot of the smaller teams. I can't pretend to know a lot about football economics or, or that kind of stuff or even the transfer, how the transfer market works. But yeah, it's it's going to have a knock-on effect to everyone um, and even just uh, the, the effects on regular people in their day-to-day lives. You know, things are going to have to change and uh, some of those are going to have to be, you know, maybe transfer fees being reduced, um you know player contracts changing uh, there's going to have to be quite a few changes i would imagine yeah for sure i think there's going to have to be a lot of changes especially if you look at those clubs in the the lower tiers of the the EFL who are playing who are paying some of their players an extortionate amount of money i i'm not sure how many of those types of contracts we'll see again in the future as clubs look to to operate in a much more lean manner i mean just bringing it back to football index for a second talk to me about the 16th of May, how big is this going to be from a FI perspective? How much money do you think we'll see moving around? And do you think we'll see a lot of movement and investment into the market cap? Or do you think it'll be more kind of short-term trading? Um, I don't think there's going to be too much uh, in terms of short-term trading. I think, I mean, I'm not really that experienced of people that used to sort of gamble on games uh, on the day and stuff, you know. Uh, but I imagine with uh, the spreads being as they are, that's going to be less of a less of a thing for people to do. Um, but I, I do see like a steady stream of money coming back in. I think once people are are starting to see a few games, uh, there's obviously going to be quite a big kind of raft of fixtures to be completed in a short space of time. So there, I think people might want to be looking at things like taking advantage of the in-play dividends. You know, so as buying close to the 16th as possible to get the full 30-day in-play dividends uh, boost. Um, and obviously, you know, there's been a change to bronze, silver and gold days. Uh, so, you know, the threshold's been reduced. So we'll be getting kind of more bang for our buck, I guess. So, yeah, I think um, I think there will definitely be some money coming into the market. And um, it just remains to be seen whether that's going to be in huge amounts closer to the time or whether it's going to be a steady stream. I, th- I fancy more of a steady stream. Yeah, and I think that... Um... 
it's it's all about trying to make this into a normal football market again i suppose one of the things that will be interesting to see is how much money goes into the bundesliga and how much money actually goes into anticipating which league goes next which i think um could be an even more profitable strategy if you guess correctly right fbi yeah, yeah. Uh, I think definitely with Bundesliga, I, I kind of got in quite early on that because I could see the COVID stats had been, tra- being the geek I am, I was tracking all the kind of deaths quite morbidly and uh, percentage of the populations. And you could quite easily see that Germany were, were well on top of this and, and dealing with it better than most. Uh, Italy seemed to have been hardest hit initially, but they also seem to have got things under control. There's also news of sort of a lot of the La Liga teams uh, resuming training and so that's a positive for them probably the one i'm least optimistic about is uh is epl because you know i'm not really seeing that much of a a a reduction in the number of cases per population uh i have my own thoughts behind why that is but um i think I'd, i'd rather the epl didn't kind of rush back just for the sake of economic reasons and and actually maybe took their time before making a decision on football resuming in this country yeah, I think it's going to be a longer time until the Premier League is back. I mean, if our friend Panda was on the show right now, he'd be screaming June the 13th at me, which is, uh, what, six, five, six weeks ago, which, I don't know, th- day by day seems less likely, and I don't really know what he's going to give me in return if that doesn't happen. But um, that is going to be a tough one, right? Could we could we have a situation a really crazy situation FBI where for example Germany are starting their next season and we're only in the Premier League finishing our last season could that be something that happens I mean that would that would be a really extreme case but it's not out of the realms of possibility yeah I'm not 100% off with the kind of start and end dates of seasons that's how much I know about football uh, but I suspect uh, I don't think it'd be that much of a delay uh, you know, I know in, in Scotland, the First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, has been talking about extending the lockdown here for another three weeks, regardless of what, uh, you know, Boris decides on Sunday, because I think he's putting an annou- announcement out then. Um, but I can see, you know, maybe towards the end of June, start of July, definitely football and, e- and uh, EPL maybe back up and running. Uh, but obviously, they've got to get match fit. They've got to get the training back up to speed and they've got to sort out, you know, the kind of logistics behind it, which Germany has been really good at. Uh, UK is generally a bit haphazard and you know shambolic with these kind of things so I'd say that's going to be yeah maybe late June early July before we see football in the UK but that you know that's that's me being kind of pessimistic again I think I, I think last time I was being optimistic saying start of June and here we are starting in Germany on the 16th so <laughs> yeah I mean it's not it's not too far off the, the 1st of June but it's it's still amazing how how efficient Germany have been with their their kind of um you know how they've dealt with covid but it is going to be really interesting to see how the the market reacts i i almost feel like it is a slight game of chicken though i mean we are going to have the most dividends on offer nearly ever um if we have silver days and top 5 media on the same day for example and in play dividends there's going to be a lot of money being paid out from football index and i just wonder uh, if there's a few traders who are going to make their moves first and set themselves up for what could be a tasty payday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there, there may well be people taking, 
gambles. To me, that's a bit of a gamble within a gamble, if you like. So it's not really something I like to do. Uh, with Germany, I was quite sure about it. But the other nations, I'm not so sure. Um, I maybe like throw a little bit of money here and there, but uh, I'd only really wait for a kind of confirmation or approaching confirmation to kind of invest a little bit heavier in the other regions. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've, we've talked about Bundesliga a little bit. That's a, a really shining light for the football index community, the footballing community, I guess the world, uh, to show that there is a shred of normality being uh, pushed back into the world. I mean, I think we've got Portugal starting at the end of May as well. Korea already still playing, Belarus, etc. Um, so football is kind of, you know, it, it's going to carry on. This is this was never going to be the end of football, and I think you know football index reflects that kind of uh, market um, which football sits in. But I just want to talk to you a little bit about order books because I've seen this talked a lot about on the timeline recently in chats that I'm in on Slack on the forum, people DMing me about it. There still seems to be a lot of fear of the unknown FBI, a lot of fear of what order books could be and what they could look like for the market. Why is that? Uh, people fear the unknown, as you said, you know, uh, and people kind of tend to fear change, even if it's a change for the better. I think also it would be useful for maybe Football Index to have, I don't know, done some kind of uh, sneak preview uh, of what order books are going to look like. I know there's been a, there was like a test group or something, but I haven't really seen much out of that. I haven't really seen any. I've seen a couple of screenshots and things, but I think uh, Football Index could maybe, I don't know what the date is for order books or, or when they're planning on launching it, but um, I think they could maybe be maybe giving people a little bit more education of what they are so there isn't, take away some of that fear of the unknown. Um, and also, you know, to educate people because, you know, it's, it's the lack of education and the lack of actual experience of order books uh, that would probably cause people to worry most about and people tend to like things the way they are, uh, like I said. But um, I'm one for embracing change, especially if it's for the positive. Uh, the NASDAQ exchange is, is a huge link up. Um, I was actually quite surprised to hear uh, Football Index were linking up with NASDAQ because they're such a huge company, you know. And, um, you know, it's going to be more dynamic, you know, it's going to be updated in real time. Uh, you know, they have this continuous book where we're kind of. Um, orders uh, will be executed at market open or market close. They're maintained separately. So there's an opening order book and closing order book. Like I say, I don't know what kind of format FI are going to take on this, but you know, there's basically being able to see all the buyer information, including all the buys and the amount they wish to purchase and the sell prices, all the sell orders, market order histories, if, if they've got that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's fantastic. So I just hope they have the technology to make sure it doesn't crash. Uh, but I think um, it's it's definitely for me a, a massive positive, and people shouldn't be afraid of it. Yeah, I think uh, it is going to be a massive positive. And I think when we are off the air, we were talking about different ways Football Index could actually implement it, and how essentially you could have a situation where the spread is set by fi at say 25 percent, and people are able to plug buy orders in between those spreads if that makes sense yeah there's a few different ways of doing it um i think ultimately you'll have an initial spread uh and then you have this kind of the top of the book which is where you find the the highest price uh, and uh you know that that determines 
uh, where you place your trade to get an order executed. So it'll, it'll make um, traders able to make uh, better, kind of more informed trading decisions because they'll be able to see who's willing to buy or sell a player. Uh, and, you know, that market will be driven by us. Um, and also shows maybe imbalances in a player, you know, where there's maybe um, more buy orders and sell orders. Uh, so it could maybe indicate a move higher in a player due to buying pressure or, um, you know, larger buy orders at a specific price could give you a level of price support on that player. So there's so many positives to take from it. Um, I don't have that much massive experience of order books, but I have used them in the past and they do give you just so much information, almost too much, but it's it's kind of just getting the information that you want and are interested in and, and being comfortable with it, you know? Why are people more scared of order books than they are of the market right now where we're in a situation with 50% spreads? Um... Because I guess people can't really do much with 50% spreads. They can market sell. And I think there have been a lot of bonuses which have helped prop up the market. We've had double dividends. We've obviously had the deposit bonus period. Uh, you know, they've extended media to five places. Uh, some people have been saying that this has maybe created a false market. But I think it's probably a great move by Football Index to ensure liquidity and also to ensure people are not getting bored you know because they have something else to focus on each month until football returns football's coming back now everybody's going on about football so i think there's less of a concern now i think they're more worried about order books because probably nobody's got that much experience of order books unless they've been in a trading environment and so it's a fear of the unknown you know i was a little bit fearful about getting involved in footballers because i didn't actually know that much about football but um, you know, you should always be curious about expanding your knowledge, you know, and I, I see it as a positive thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it's going to be great for Football Index. I think it's going to be great for the whole market cap. There is no way Football Index can get to, like, become a billion pound market cap in the future without having actual order books. I'm not, not sure if you agree. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think it's an essential part of, uh, you know, they label themselves as a footballer stock market. And I think that's uh, an essential part of a stock market uh, to be able to see the full list of orders uh, rather than guessing, you know. Yeah, it's totally true. And I think it's going to be... I think people also assuming that football index will just drop this in over the over the overnight. Whereas the the reality of it is there'll probably be a lot of notice. There might be an increase in dividends, a deposit bonus. Um, there may be so many different mechanisms that are allow traders to benefit from this as much as they can. And for those that are like, this is where the buck stops for me, and I don't want to be involved in it anymore, then they will have a, a probably quite easy route out with um, being able to sell their portfolio to the market. Absolutely. You know, oh, weird. This is so weird. Uh, just got a notification from Football Index. Did you see that as well? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's... let's... Hey, we're doing this live. This is perfect. Good timing. This is perfect. This is like the second time it's I've happened. I've been doing some, some uh... of my shamanic magic. <laughs> Let me... Where is it? Have you, have you found it? There we go. Yeah. Um... Breaking, Breaking news. news. Yeah, 
here we go. We're close to implementing the first phase of changes to the platform, which will resemble features uh, included in our, in our NASDAQ-powered order books, which will, is still very much at the end goal. We plan to make an announcement next Wednesday, 13th of May, to explain what will be included in the first phase. So he says one huge positive that's come from the lack of football is that we had more time to focus on delivering order books, something we know traders have been looking forward to. We're at an incredibly exciting stage and want to share a few words with you on what we have in the pipeline. Uh, this will be a hugely beneficial change to the platform for all traders and will signal the next step of the journey at Football Index. Once the change is made, the platform are live. Ch traders will need to accept our updated game rules. We'll have more information on in next week's announcement and in the following week. Stay safe, stay at home, and always happy trading wow that was weird wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> expect the unexpected um yeah so i mean it looks like we're getting closer it certainly looks like we're getting closer um i'd like to know when the first phase is or a, a rough idea whether it's you know third quarter fourth quarter uh even just a rough ballpark but it's certainly positive that there's going to be an announcement uh, which will probably include details of that i guess uh, but yeah, that's it's good news and, and perfectly timed for Fitcast Extra. <laughs> um, so you know what could be in the first phase. Uh, let's have a look. I'm just reading through it myself because you read way quickly. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was reading at different points that you were at a time. So um, yeah, so they're going to make an announcement on Wednesday on the first phase. Uh, I I guess the first phase might actually just be. Uh, getting everything in place in terms of, um, I don't know, maybe maybe a certain section of players. I don't know if they do it across the board to start with. Um, I'd guess it probably would be wise to do it across the board, but uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of guesswork. It's, it's um, yeah, I'm not really too sure, to be honest. I'd have to have a think about it. Uh, what do you think? Um, I, I think that, they might do what I've said before, where we're allowed to just basically place buy orders in between the spread. Um, I don't know. I, I think I think that's what's going to be the case. Uh, there might be some details on the minting of shares, like how new shares are produced, because at the moment with Football Index's business model, they make uh, a decent amount of their money through selling bets to us. How new bets are issued in an order book process and how many shares are in circulation is probably going to alter. So I, I, I presume there'd be some information on that as well. Yeah, I mean, I know that uh, one of the previous uh, Adam Cole uh, announcements, he was talking about, you know, there wouldn't really be IPOs, I think, until order books were integrated. Uh, I wonder if that's going to be part of it. Uh, that may well be like a phase two, I guess. I think phase one, they'd probably just look at all the existing players out there and implement order books so that we'd be able to see the full uh, breadth of the market. Uh, people would be able to put in their buy orders. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine they'd be able to put in sell orders as well, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it's without actually knowing what kind of um, order book they're going to be implementing, it's, it's hard to really say what that phase is going to be. But I'm just pleased that they've they've got an announcement out about it because I, w I was going to have a little whinge about there not being any news since the deposit <laughs> bonus and there you go yeah and it's um it, it's certainly going to be very very interesting to see what happens but i suppose um people seem to think that football index would risk kind of collapsing the market by a certain percentage 
by instilling a new mechanism. If you were them, as you know, you're a very smart man, as a business, you obviously wouldn't want to take an approach which means that the the amount of money in the market drops significantly. Yeah, yeah, they have to be a bit careful with that. And I guess that's probably factored into this kind of phase one decision. So it could well be right. I mean, the thing is that, that uh, you know, if it's order driven in an order driven market, you know, buyers or sellers should be able to place orders for players they wish to either buy or sell. So they can either list at market price, which would mean a market order would would instantaneously go in at the best available price, or they could maybe put in a, a fixed or a limit price, which would maybe include a limit or a stop order to be executed. And, you know, if that certain price was met. So uh, if if they're not able to be matched immediately, depending on the kind of listed price, I guess it, it's hard to say how what the, what the phase one, phase two is going to be to be honest, but I'd like to think that it would be close to a full kind of order driven market. And myself, I'm kind of, I'm kind of of the opinion that, uh, you know, people should be able to buy and sell uh, when they like. With football returning, there is a positive there. Uh, There's probably going to be more positive news out next week. So I think the timing of this is quite interesting because it's going to be a few days uh, they make this announcement before Bundesliga starts, so it's it's a positive, it's a positive thing. Uh, Football is obviously going to start on the Saturday after that. That's going to be another positive thing. Uh, but they may well this phase one may well be implemented, I guess, uh, once all football has returned, or at least football in the EPL. Um, so that way, I'm I'm not really concerned about markets dropping, you know, because markets do drop as we've seen with the uh, stock markets uh, since COVID, but. You know, the stock markets have recovered quite a bit since then. The you know, stock markets do recover. And I think to get to a sort of natural equilibrium, if you like, uh, you know, people should be allowed to sell at a price that's, you know, somebody's willing to sell at, you know. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, so so totally true. I think it's going to be... <laughs> the announcement's going to be big for fi but for the market as well and i think that this alongside with going through a massive road bump like covid it's just going to be the making for football index like what else is going to come at them that might stop them becoming a multi-billion pound market yeah and i've I've looked at some of the kind of new users uh somebody's been sending me a few of the ids and they have been getting quite a lot of new users during this time uh, obviously with no other gambling apart from kind of fake horse racing uh, you know which I hope people don't bet on but it's um, you know it's got a lot of new people on quite a few people that I know from the from the traditional horse racing world have even got involved in it and some of them don't know anything about football like me uh, but a lot of people who do know about football have been getting involved in it uh, so I think the fact that the market has been so good even if some of it is maybe a little bit artificial in terms of uh, the growth rate uh, it can only be a positive thing going forward because it really requires football to be back up and running for the market to be um, truly taking off. And I think once new users start to see matches starting on a Saturday, starting to get that buzz again, you know, and starting to see players that they've got performing well and getting them dividends, then, you know, the only way is up as far as I'm concerned. But there could well be a little short term dip. Um, those kind of things don't really bother me if you look at the long term approach uh you know people shouldn't really be looking at a 24 hour or seven day uh, profit figure in my opinion these are considered to be three-year bets uh you don't always have to bet uh, as a three-year bet but really that should be your kind of 
guideline to have a bit of a longer term approach. Not to say that short term trading doesn't work, but you know, don't um, don't be so short term focused that you worry about little dips in the market. You know, some really good advice there. I think it's going to be certainly apt to think in that way throughout this period, but also with any changes that FI have got in store. Uh, should we get to the the Q and A section? And as you're the standing guest, why don't you go first? Yeah. So do we start with the uh, the oldest one? Well, why don't you go? Just choose whichever one you like, whichever I'll one you like start the most. From the top. So, <laughs> uh, Jordan Kenny, how much more accurate do you think your valuations peg ratios would be if you knew a lot more about football? Uh, <laughs> seeing you come at it from a pure trading approach, seems there are far too many variables that will affect valuations without having a football knowledge side of things. Yeah, that's a that's that's a fair point, and it's. Uh, you know, obviously, the more you know about something, uh, the more variables you can take into account when you're valuating anything. But also, there is uh, there's also a disadvantage. There's also an advantage to maybe not knowing so much about it because you tend not to get swayed by you know sentiment. So, if for example, I was a diehard Man United fan, I could be biased towards Man United players. If I knew a lot more about the PB matrix and the scoring, which I kind of know more than I used to. Um, that could affect my opinion. I could go too far into the into the data and too far into the detail instead of just looking at it from a, a more kind of sky high viewpoint. Uh, so yeah, there's, I don't know. I think um, if I did know a lot more about football, it'd probably give me more of an edge, but I'm kind of happy with the edge that I've got at the moment and the kind of returns that I'm seeing. So that can always be improved upon. <laughs> Fair play. Uh, 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 you know, a Paxman-like question from Jordan Kenny. Uh, we've got a question here from FI Trader Tom at Fig. When can we know more about your adventure into Football Manager 2020? I will have an update for you next week, Tom. Next week. By the time the next Figcast Extra comes out, we'll, we'll know a lot more about that. He's got, I've got a question for you, though, FBI. Where does the association with the FBI come from in your name? Normally, I wouldn't query an FI Twitter name, but after the last pod and you being a man of many professions, I'm a little curious. Yeah, I'm not actually allowed to talk about that. No, I'm only joking. Okay. I'm only joking. <laughs> you got me. You got me. You so, got me. Uh, FB, basically, Football I Index. Uh, it was simple as that, and the name existed on Twitter, and the website existed as well, so I just took FBI Trader. Uh, it was simple as that. Simple as that. No other No other reasons. And also, you know, I, I, like to, I like to come at things from an investigative angle, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Go on, your turn. Uh, what trollers for bowlers? What type of fixture day are you most excited about coming up? One game bronze, four game silver, nine game gold. I'm probably most excited about um, the fact that there's going to be quintuple media dividends on offer on the same day as performance buzz. I think that's amazing. I think a lot of people haven't been speaking about it so far. Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm, I'm most excited about my players playing regardless, <laughs> regardless of how many games are on even if it's just a one game and i have two or three players playing i'll be excited about that are you going to be watching them with a bit more interest from a football standpoint this time yeah i'll probably i'll probably watch a few more games where i have at least two or three players uh playing you know but um i'll wait and see i'll wait and see about that like i say it's starting on a saturday my saturdays are, are kind of reserved for other things but i may well make an exception in this case 
Hmm. Um, got a question here from Dazzler FI. What happens to spreads between now and next Saturday? If they don't reduce, will it restrict the amount of in-play trading going on match days? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess it will. I don't know much about in-play trading because I didn't really get involved at all in that when when games were on. Uh, I know that people used to maybe take a punt on. You know, maybe when the lineups came out before, was it 3 p.m. cutoff? Uh, or some of the earlier games that people might take a punt on, you know, players that had done well in the earlier matches that had kicked off. Uh, but with the spread so wide, uh, I think it's going to be tougher. But it depends. I mean, you could still probably do a short-term play and and maybe put in a, a market sell. I, I've no idea. I'm not familiar with in-play trading. What about yourself? uh i think it probably would but it, again it's going to be a bit of a, a game of chicken isn't it like i really do think there is going to be um there is going to be some sort of game of chicken you know if a score a player scores one goal maybe they won't get the, the buys but if a player scores three goals um and I, I don't know the other thing is is the the dividend deadline going to still be at 8 p.m because that that's that's happening with MB, but I wonder if they do that with PP as well. Uh, that's not something we've talked about. But anyway, if someone scores three goals and potentially might be in with a shout with all three dividends, then people might people might be you know might be looking at a ten percent return there. That's nothing to shy away from. Yeah, uh, I I'm not sure. I, I guess I'm of the opinion that. You know, if it's a player that you have previously flagged up on your watch list or as a potential buyer or you already hold and they do that, I would get involved. If it's some random player who I've never heard of uh, and he's been on a downward price trajectory, I wouldn't still get involved just for a 10% return because ultimately uh, the price could drop back down again. I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know enough about in-play trading to comment on that. It's it's on my uh, to-do list at some point <laughs> down the line. Um, is it my turn for a question or is it yours? Uh, I think it's mine. I think there was one. Go from, on. I think it was another one from Trollers for Ballers about um, with Ronaldo and Messi continuing to rank highly on media. Is the one year on the index post retirement a quoted rule from FI or one we have tried to work out could make a big difference to valuing these players? Um, I know that is a rule that's kind of flipped and flopped a little bit. It used to be a year for sure. But I do remember seeing somewhere that they have the right to remove a player if they haven't played for a certain amount of weeks. I don't know if that's true, but I, uh, I have to look at the, I have to look at the game rules again. Yeah, I think there was something in the I think there was something in the terms and conditions that I read that they can remove a footballer if he retires, dies, goes to prison. Um, they can do that within forty eight hours, you know. So, or at least um, take away the suspend instant sale immediately. Uh, and then remove the player. So, yeah, something that I'd read in the rules at some point. Yeah, I'm just trying to find it in the game rules now. Uh, I can't find it. I will find it at some point. Uh, no, I can't find it at the moment. We'll look at it at some point. At the point. Uh, got a question here from. Let's see who we go for this time. Um. Hmm. Do you think we'll see any Bundesliga players winning MB due to the performances with no other football one? That's from Filthy Investments. Um, yeah, I think uh, it depends on which players put in those performances, but uh, I think there's probably 
a couple I can think of that have already been getting a lot of MB even with football off. So with football back on, the likes of kind of Sancho and Werner would be the two guys that would spring to mind, maybe Haaland as well. If they put in good performances, I could see them attract some media. Coutinho maybe as well, yeah, if he Coutinho. plays, but he looked injured, didn't he? Yeah, he's still. I think he's still recovering from an ankle injury, but he may well be ready by that time, I'm not sure. Um, mm. yeah. some, the, some players would. I, I can't think of anyone else, though. I can't think of anyone else. Maybe, no, I, don't, I wouldn't even say anyone else because I just can't think of anyone right now. Mm. Um, go on, you're up. Okay. For traders, so this is Robert Cheesewright, uh, for traders from a more gambling or football interest background who don't understand some of the terminology of valuing shares, peg ratios, etc. What are those methods and how they work? How can they be got to grips with? Well, I, I kind of, exp- I did a high level view of peg ratios and I have explained it a little bit more in some of my blog posts, but there's a, there's a book called One Up on Wall Street by Peter Lynch, which is from, I think it's 1989, 1990, which goes into peg ratios in far more detail than I could. Uh, I would say test it, test it out with a few players, maybe even test it out with a few companies. Because traditionally, I mean, this this did actually make me quite a bit of money in the 90s because I did a lot of peg ratio analysis on some of the big companies and uh, the Dow and the NASDAQ now. But the advantage I had then was they had uh, forward dividend forecasts. So you could use the forward peg uh, to determine the price earnings growth of the company. Whereas with football index, you just have to use what's called a trailing peg. So you look at the historical data. But to me, it's one of the best ways of valuing uh, a player that I found at the moment. Uh, so I'd just suggest maybe reading up in some investment books and some some blogs that contain more terminology about valuing stock market shares and then try and apply that to footballers. Interesting stuff, as always, from the man. Uh, i got last one here. Uh, Index Canary, how do you think the market will react if football's postponed again? Uh, and that is in reference to Germany. Plan gets delayed, for example, if they start playing and it gets you know, restopped. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, I think we talked a little bit about it. I think... Mm. I don't even want to think about it, to be honest. <laughs> so I'm not even going to answer that question. Uh, I think... If it, Positivity well, but, only. Yeah, to be to be serious, though, I think uh, I think, don't think the market would react positively, for sure. Uh, I think you might see uh people maybe get out of some of the german players yeah yeah uh, that would be logical wouldn't it uh, but maybe people might just uh just hold on to them i don't know because if it's postponed it could well be just another few weeks or it could be another month uh the longer that postponement goes on the more kind of twitchy people might get but you know i'd you know i'd encourage anyone to to realize that football's not dying of coronavirus uh, you know, it's it is a tragedy across the nation for a lot of people, and you know, football is just a very small part in all of this, but it will come back. So I think just to kind of, I think the market may well have a short term dip if it does get postponed again, but ultimately it will reco- will recover and continue its upward trajectory. Yeah, I think it's um, you know, I mean, France have cancelled their league, and some of their players haven't dipped that much, so I, I wouldn't see it as that different to to what's happened over there. But I think that's all we've got time for today, uh, FBI trader. I think we were going to go for about thirty thirty five minutes, but that announcement obviously yeah. meant that we had a bit more to talk about, <laughs> didn't it? Uh, where can people find out more about you? 
So on Twitter, FBI Trader. I've also got a website, fbitrader.co.uk. Uh, that's where they can find me. Awesome. Thanks so much for subbing in for the Mighty Panda. No worries. Anytime, mate. Amazing. Uh, you can obviously find me at FI Guide. Uh, one thing I forgot to do is plug The Athletic. If you guys are looking for some awesome written football work, then head over to theathletic.co.uk forward slash fig. Uh, Rafa Honigstein just did an amazing post or, or article about everything that you need to know about Germany's return to football. Uh, the amount of detail in there is exceptional. You basically get uh, the whole year for £2.49 a month. So you're, you're looking at about 30 quid for the whole year's worth of subscription to The Athletic. And it's it's a bargain, trust me. So head over to theathletic.co.uk forward slash fig if you want to know more. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Hope everyone's staying safe. Football Index is a gambling platform. Only a f- bet what you can afford to lo- lose. And thank you again very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs>